Listener Production. An alleged Chinese spy balloon. A Chinese surveillance balloon. A suspected Chinese spy balloon. That China spy balloon has now been shot down. Suspected Chinese surveillance balloon. For shooting down a Chinese surveillance balloon. Chinese surveillance balloon, Chinese spy balloon. I remember hearing this story thinking, a what has been found where exactly? It was shot down by US authorities off the east coast of America some days ago. And China says it was collecting weather data. The US says it was spying. Now the Navy's working to recover all of the debris from the Atlantic Ocean and slowly more details are coming to light. For example, we know it was 60 metres tall. Um, That's roughly the height of the Opera House. And that it was also carrying a sensor that was about the size of a small regional jet. Question is, though, where exactly did it come from? Where was it going? And what does this incident mean for the already strained relationship between China and the US? China has acknowledged that it was its balloon and it has expressed regrets. And we also know that it has caused a a delay to Anthony Blinken's travels or visits to meet um, his counterparts in Beijing. That is coming up a little bit later in the show. But first, as always, today's headlines for Friday, the 10th of February. I'm joined by Katrina Blowers. Hey Jan, hi everyone. A highly trained Australian rescue team are flying out to Turkey today as the death toll from the earthquake has been scaled up to 19,000 now. That figure, sadly, is expected to continue rising. The country is facing a second disaster, a humanitarian emergency. There are hundreds of thousands of people left without shelter or basic supplies. Basically, it's a second disaster looming unless we act very, very fast, meaning shelter, food, water and medicine because it's freezing cold. Our own staff in Gazantem had to sleep in the cars because there's still hundreds and hundreds of aftershocks, which, of course, also has a toll on the mental health of the people. That's the World Health Organization's Dr Hans Kluger there, Jan. I can't even imagine you seeing all that devastation around you. You've been through something so horrific as that and now you're sleeping in your car um, and, and still undergoing those aftershocks, not knowing if another big quake is coming. Yeah, we also have an update on one of the Australians who is missing. Um, it's understood that the body of a Sydney man in his 50s has been found in the rubble by Australian relatives who actually flew over there to find him. Um, There are three other Australians who are still missing. Um, And of course, with each day that passes, it becomes less and less likely that those under the rubble will be found alive, I'm sad to say. Uh, I should say the Department of Foreign Affairs has confirmed that there are 50 other Australians in the area currently that they are supporting. Yeah, I got a little bit of info too about that uh, rescue team. They're a crack team of Aussies, uh, 52 fire and rescue personnel from New South Wales. They're trained in urban search and rescue. There's also engineers, doctors, paramedics. They're completely self-sufficient. They're taking all their food and water in. They're also taking their own satellite equipment in to communicate back to Australia. So what a bunch of legends. Yeah, 22 tonnes I think of equipment they're they're carrying with them. It sort of makes sense when I, when I read that. I thought, yeah, that does make sense because you don't want to be taking 
any supplies that that's meant to be going to the people. It's already in, you know, short supply there. So you would take all of your own things, wouldn't you? To politics here in Australia, former Cabinet Minister Alan Tudge has resigned from the Liberal Party. My decision was cemented following the passing of my father. It's not been an easy decision for me, but it is necessary for my health and for my family, amongst other reasons. Yeah, Tudge has been in the headlines a fair bit over the past few years, um, in, in many ways probably not to his liking. Um, just recently he faced questions about his role as a human services minister. This was in the robo-debt Royal Commission, um, which took place last week. He has also been accused by a former staffer that he physically and emotionally abused her while they were in a consensual relationship. Um, he has always denied those allegations, though, Cap. I just think, you know, yes, he has been through some scandals, but he uh, he got so emotional in Parliament yesterday. He paused for more than a minute. He had to be handed tissues and water. And, and I really felt for him when he talked about his daughters who are 16 and 18. He said they've known really nothing in their lives except for their dad being away. I know that's a choice that he made. But it also made me sad when he talked about how they have been the victims of online trolling. Um, they've received death threats even as recently as last week. And it's just super gross that the discourse in Australia is sunk to that, trolling the teenage daughters of politicians who certainly mm. didn't ask to be associated with any of those scandals. Yeah, yeah. Kids of politicians, I think, for me, are off limits, really. Yeah. Um, this is going to be an interesting one for the Liberal Party politically because Tudge's seat is Aston, which is in Melbourne, Aston sort of got a similar vibe to Josh Frydenberg's old seat, Kuyong, which was won by uh, Monique Ryan. It used to be this very sort of blue ribbon liberal seat. It's become marginal at the last election. So if there's an independent uh, that runs, they could swing it in their direction. Labor could swing it in their direction. There's a big Greens primary vote as well, so the preferences are really going to count. There's a lot going on in that seat um, that I think the Libs will sort of be biting their, their nails about for sure. And still on politics, there are calls growing for the communications minister to resign after it was revealed Michelle Rowland accepted donations from major gambling company Sportsbet ahead of the federal election. So according to Nine, Sportsbet made two donations to Roland, coming to a total of 19 grand. So pretty good chunk of change there. She now holds the portfolio responsible for regulating online gambling. I have and will continue to comply with the disclosure requirements of the AEC, the Register of Members' Interests and the Ministerial Code of Conduct. That's Roland there. Jan, it's not a great look. No, it's not a great look. No one's technically done anything wrong. Like you heard Michelle Rowland there saying that she, she's been complying with all of the requirements of the AEC. And that's true because at the time, donations below 14500 were not required to be disclosed. So the way it's happened is Sportsbet has paid for a $9,000 dinner. Uh, that was one of the, the payments. And the other was a $10,000 payment um, just before the May election. So both of those below 14500 didn't necessarily need to be declared. And yet it ends up being almost $20,000 to the party that's supposed to be regulating these, the online gambling industry. Yeah. And a lot of the time these ministers say, oh, I didn't, I actually don't know where these donations come from. 
I just, I don't know. This to me, it just doesn't feel right. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, well, I think you're probably on the same page as someone like Andrew Wilkie. He's the independent who has been very strongly in favour of gambling reform. So he reckons that, you know, you should require real-time disclosures of political donations and basically anything above $1,000 should be on the public record, should be declared to the AEC. That would change things up a bit, I think. And the music world is mourning the death of legendary composer Burt Bacharach, who's passed away aged 94. He was known for writing some mega hits like Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head and I Say a Little Prayer. He was an eight-time Grammy winner and a three-time Oscar winner. Elvis Presley, The Beatles, Frank Sinatra, they all covered his songs. And if you grew up in the 90s, you might remember him best for his cameo in the Austin Powers movies. He was in every single one of them. Uh, the scene that I remember the best, Jan, was uh, he was on the top of a double-decker bus playing the grand piano and singing What the World Needs Now is Love when Austin Powers was trying to woo Elizabeth Hurley's character. Do you remember how Elizabeth Hurley was in an Austin Powers film? I mean, I do remember that, but I'm also slightly offended on behalf of Burt Bacharach that this man, who is 94 years old, eight Grammys, three Oscars, and yet Katrina Blowers remembers him <laughs> from that one scene in an Austin Powers movie in the late 90s. Okay. Was my- that his defining work? It actually was. That's my pop culture moment for Burt Bacharach. <laughs> and it was epic. So, look, what a loss to the musical world. Yeah, absolutely. All right, going in a very different direction next. We're talking China spy balloon. What's going on? That is a big kill. The balloon is completely destroyed. That is the moment that a US fighter jet shot down a massive balloon off the coast of South Carolina. The reason they shot it down was because, well, it came from China. And the US says it was sent for the purpose of spying. China denies this. But the incident has put a strain on US-China relations, which weren't crash hot to begin with. It's also put us, Australia, in a little bit of a tricky position. Jennifer Su is a China expert at the Lowy Institute. Uh, Jennifer, thank you for joining us on The Briefing. There's a lot that we don't know about this balloon. What do we know so far? I think, you know, there's been a lot of media attention, social media, a lot of quips, a lot of hyperboles around the balloon. But I think we can probably say that, yes, it was a balloon. Uh, yes, it was shot down on 4th of February. And yes, China has acknowledged that it was its balloon and it has expressed regrets. And we also know that it has caused a, a delay to Anthony Blinken's travels or visits to meet um, his counterparts in Beijing. Do we have any idea about where it came from and where it was going? The Chinese claim that it was a weather balloon looking at 
meteorological patterns. It claimed that it was blue off course. It had traveled through Canada and then was blown off course by a westerly, you know, hence the there's been jokes about, you know, anything to blame the West. But it is not unusual for balloons to be part of surveillance operations for various countries around the world. So we need to sort of look at um, who has taken the blame. China's taken the blame. They've claimed it's a weather balloon. And um, But also note that the Department of Defense in the U.S., also came out and said, um, and I quote, instances of this kind of balloon activity have been observed previously over the past several years. So from that um, statement, we can assume that this is not a one-off and that the Department of Defense in the US have previously observed such balloon activities, perhaps not just from China, but from other countries as well. The US um, has basically said that they are near certain that it was a balloon sent from China for the purposes of spying. The US Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, was due to visit China. He's now cancelled his trip. Um, it was due to be the first visit, I believe, in, in some years of a US official of that high rank um, in China. How far back has this set US-China relations? The visit by Blinken is postponed. He will go at a later date at a more convenient um, time. I think the cancelling of the trip was due due to domestic circumstances. We've seen the outrage. Um, now the Republican-controlled House of Congress, there have been very vocal minorities uh, within the Republican Party, more vocal than usual, about being hawkish on China. And the Republicans have taken this incident to beat Biden over the head about how lax he and his government have been over China. Um, we've seen Nikki Haley, uh, a potential contender for 2024 in the US come out and say, you know, Biden has let China walk all over us, i.e. the US. So I think, you know, with the um, State of the Union address yesterday by the president and then the balloon incident, it seemed um, like a smart political move for Blinken to postpone his visit lest um, should there be further outpour of outrage by the Republicans to stir up the domestic media and the domestic audience about US-China relations. So I think that from the US side, they're waiting for things to sort of calm down a bit before sending Blinken into China. China's admitted that there's um, a similar balloon flying over South America should we is is there any concern that there might be similar balloons flying elsewhere including australia i mean i i, I don't want to speculate but this isn't the first time it's happened in the us there's another one floating about that china has um claimed responsibility for how many of these are there that we don't know of uh, good question jan um i simply don't know how many balloons are out there and i can't speak to um intelligence activities of the Chinese government um, and whether there are any flying um, over Australia. But I think, you know, what the experts around uh, spy equipment and spy activities have come out to say about 
the um, balloon that was shot down um, over the east coast of the US is that it was a very low-tech, although cost-effective kind of equipment to gather reconnaissance activity. It probably didn't gather any sort of data that China doesn't already have by more sophisticated equipment through satellites and satellite imagery. So I think, you know, the experts in this field have said you can hypothesize as to what the activity of the balloon was actually doing, but they surmised mm. that, you know, this kind of balloon um, probably didn't gather any new information. So where does this leave um, Australia in all of this? It's, it's, it's perhaps maybe slightly tense between the US and China at the moment. You say that it's, you know, um, Blinken has decided not to go because the optics look bad and because there's internal pressure placed on him from the Republicans. Either way, there's simmering tensions there. What does that mean for Australia? Australia-China relations have been, um, is on the path to stabilisation. Um, we've had our tense moments um, in terms of bilateral relations with China. For Australia, the foreign minister came out, you know, several times to say this is an important relationship for the world, the US-China relationship. There is definitely competition and intense competitions, as we have seen over the past week, over the balloon incident, over something as, you know, low-tech, over a balloon. But she has emphasised, as have other um, leaders and recognised by the US and China that they need to put guardrails into their relationship to prevent the relationship from spiralling further downwards, out of control, and missteps from either side can lead to potential um, conflict. We've seen how heated this debate can be within a domestic audience, and any sort of missteps, miscalculation can lead to a circumstance which, you know, the US, China, and the rest of the world find itself in an unfortunate circumstance. So I think for, for Australia, we're not going to be sort of resting on our laurels of stabilisation, but rather we're going to be living in this context of intense competition and rivalry between the US and China, given how um, invested they are in the Asia-Pacific region, um, as my colleagues um, over the past week have demonstrated in their Asia Power Index, even though the US remains sort of the most powerful in our region, China's isolation due to COVID have put them in a weaker position, but it doesn't mean that China won't be roaring back in the next few years. So I think that competition places Australia in a difficult position and places us in a position that we need to be um, constantly observing and you know working with regional neighbours about stability in the region. That was Jennifer Su, a China expert at the Lowy Institute pretty unusual set of circumstances but not so unusual that it hasn't happened before and like all instances between the US and China we're sort of piggy in the middle watching how it all goes down or how it all comes up and what the fallout will be once the debris is recovered from the Atlantic Ocean. Let's wait and see. 
And that is it for your Monday to Friday briefing. Thanks so much for sticking with us this week. There's been a lot of heavy news around. Uh, Make sure you listen to Jamila and the weekend briefing because her very special guest tomorrow is someone I know you're all going to love. It's Jan Fran. (laughs) It is. We have been doing the show together for three years and she finally asked me to be a part of it. Can you believe it? (laughs) I can't wait to hear about all the juicy scandals that you're about to divulge. Yeah, all of the uh, the scandalous things that have happened to me in the last eight months when <laughs> I've been predominantly at home looking after an infant child. I mean, if you are after scandals, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to say it's it might not be the podcast for you. But if you're after some... Um, very great and interesting conversation between two people who really like each other that can open up more than what they should probably, then tune in, baby. That sounds amazing. We'll catch you all next week. Listener.